I'd like to pick a fight about something that people are calling the Lutheran Rosary. So let's fight about the Lutheran Rosary. Cue that fight music. Let's get into it. So first and foremost, we have to answer the question, what is a rosary? What is a rosary? Now, a rosary comes, well, the term rosary, look this up, comes from the term rosarium, and it means a collection, a garden, or a garland of roses. And this is equated sometimes to a collection of prayers or meditations. So in the same way that a bouquet of roses would be a beautiful thing to have, so would a bouquet of prayers. You know, it's a beautiful thing to offer God uh, a collection of prayers. Now, rosary is often used to refer to this. It's a, it's a physical object. If you can't see it because I'm wearing a black shirt and this is black, uh, what you have here is you've got a crucifix. Uh, sometimes, you have a, uh, sometimes you have just a cross, but, you know, traditionally, it's, you know, Roman Catholic would have a crucifix there um, or some other thing. Maybe they'll put a miraculous medal or something at the end of it. Um, but then uh, in addition to the, I'll put my, my hand behind it. In addition to the crucifix, you have these, these different, it's knots in this case, but in many rosaries, uh, they're beads. Uh, and they're beads of different sizes, and there's, there's a set number of them. So there's a big bead, there's three smaller beads, and then there's another uh, big bead. And then there's kind of like a transitional one that, you know, that's where the, that's where, if you're going to wear this as a, as a necklace, that's where it, it, breaks, it breaks into the two strands. And anyways, uh, as you go through, as you go through this, uh, this rosary, you're going to have, you're going to have different kind of amounts of beads, big ones and small ones. And it's a very specific set amount. Now, the way traditionally Roman Catholics would use something like this, thankfully, I got a little pamphlet uh, that came with this rosary that I got. Um, it says, you know, how, how to pray, how to pray the rosary. And I'll read through the instructions real quick. And now again, I'm going through the Roman Catholic explanation first. So you understand traditionally how this is used um, probably in the most common way. Lutherans don't regularly use, I mean, by and large, you're not going to find a Lutheran praying a rosary. Um, so, but it would be extremely common for a Roman Catholic to pray a rosary. So this says how to pray the rosary. It says, first, make the sign of the cross and say the Apostles' Creed. Uh, second, say the Our Father, our, excuse me, say the Our Father, also called the Lord's Prayer. Third, say three Hail Marys. Uh, fourth, say the Glory Be. Fifth, announce the first mystery, then say the Our Father. Sixth, say ten Hail Marys while meditating on the mystery. Seven, say the Glory Be, then say the Fatima prayer. Eight, announce the second mystery, say the Our Father. Repeat six and seven, continuing with the third and fourth and fifth mysteries in the same manner. Nine, say Hail Holy Queen. Now, this is what you're supposed to do. And then, of course, on the inside, it has like it has the Apostles' Creed. Um, it, has, it has the Our Father, Hail Mary, the Glory Be, the Fatima prayer, the Hail Holy Queen prayer. And then it's got different uh, mysteries li listed on the back. Um, it's not like, you know, what's in the mystery box mystery, but, the, but if you're trying to understand this in kind of modern English, um, what it means by mysteries, it means Bible stories. So it'll have like joyful mysteries, uh, the Annunciation, the Visitation, the Nativity, the Presentation. So uh, finding Jesus in the temple, just think about these as like Bible stories. So when I'm talking about mysteries in this video, in this context, that's what it's referring to. Um, meditating on the mysteries means just meditating on the Bible stories, right? Um, or the, you know, the, the text and, and whatever. Anyways, so with that, I mean, this doesn't, oh, excuse me. Uh, th this doesn't specifically tell you, I mean, it doesn't have, why oh, does it have a numbered? 
It does have a number. Okay, so it's got the little numbers. It's got little numbers. Okay, focus. No, that's not going to focus. Okay, it's got little numbers by these beads. You've got the cross here, and then you've got these little beads that go up, and they're numbered. And as you go through the different beads, you're supposed to go through the different kind of steps, the prayers and the mysteries and all this other stuff. So first is you make the sign of the cross, and that has to do with this physical cross. Second, you say the Our Father, so you go to this big bead, and that's, you know, when you say the Lord's Prayer. Uh, then you say three Hail Marys, so you've got three small beads, and you can count off, you know, you said one Hail Mary, two Hail Marys, three Hail Marys, etc., etc. Anyways... So you have that, you have, you have that, uh, that physical object is often called a rosary. A rosary can also refer to a collection of prayers in and of itself. Now, outside of the Roman Catholic Church, it is extremely common to have these things called devotionals, to have these kind of collections of, you know, uh, Luther would have, Luther has plenty of these, where it's like you wake up in the morning, you make the sign of the cross, you, you say the Luther's morning prayer, you say, you know, the Lord's prayer, you wash your face and you go to, you know, you go to work with joy or whatever. Or you, you know, you throw in, um, you have something like matins or whatever, where you've got an order of service where you, where you have prayers and you have reading of a psalm and you have, you know, a reading of another text or whatever, um, uh, a confession of your faith with the Apostles' Creed or something like that. So it's actually extremely common for, for Christians of all denominations to have, to have devotionals, to have kind of, to organize a structure because a lot of times, I mean, think about this when the when the, um, the the disciples at the time, not yet apostles, when the disciples asked Jesus, "How should we pray?" and then he gives them the structure of the Lord's Prayer. He does it multiple times. He says, "You know, pray in this way." Uh, in one instance, he says, "Pray like this," um, and he gives them a structure of 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 the Lord's Prayer. And you can use the Lord's Prayer directly. You can also use it to kind of think about different things you should pray for. So you meditate. I mean, Luther will have this in the small catechism. There's a book out there, I, I believe Pless wrote it. Maybe, I'm trying to remember, maybe it's somebody else. It's called like praying the small catechism. The The idea being that as you go through, for example, the Lord's Prayer, each petition of the Lord's Prayer, Luther explains it a bit, you know, what is my daily bread? And, 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 and you know, asks this question and you can pray about this and meditate on this. So in defense of, in defense of a structured sort of devotional, extremely common. Absolutely nothing wrong with it, and they come in all kinds of shapes and sizes. If you need a devotional that that you know that you can get done in three minutes, there are those. If you need a devotional that you'll spend forty five minutes and you'll read through you know a chunk of the Bible every time, there are those too. Uh, there's all kinds of prayers. There's all kinds of structures. A million different ways to skin this cat. The Bible, I mean. Lord's Prayer is prescribed, but the Bible never explicitly prescribes, you know, you have to go through Matins or, you know, you have to go through Vespers or, or Compline or, you know, any of these other, any of these other canonical hours. Bible never says explicitly you have to do this. So people have kind of come up with useful and creative structures, ways to do this. So now that we've explained devotionals and we've explained the Roman Catholic rosary to a, to a degree, and we've explained uh, like the difference between the physical and, you know, the rosary can be physical or collection of prayers and all these other things. Let's get into the Lutheran rosary. What is a Lutheran rosary? And, and well, so my question that, that, that I wanted to ask kind of dealing with this is why? Why, why use the Lutheran rosary? Now, I get, again, devotionals. I get that, like a collection of prayers, a collection of readings, things like that. That's fine. Why, why, why the beads? Why the, you know, why the, why the cross? And, and, you know, whatever. Like, why specifically try to use these things? That's what I wanted to know kind of going into this issue. Why do you need them? What purpose do they serve? Are they a benefit or a detriment to the person to make praying or meditation on the text easier? Or does it make it more complicated? Now, <laughs> my, my throwaway line that you can take out of context for this video and just clip, clip on its own, um, I, I'll say it so it's really easy for you to just 
cut it out of context and just paste it and start arguments. A rosary at best is a fidget spinner at worst. It is a good luck charm. There we go. Okay. So now, now that you've, now that I've said that, now that I've said this controversial line, uh, I'd like to get into it. And there's a couple of different sources that I use for this. One, there's this, there's this guy on the internet. His name is Logan. I'll just call him Logan because that's that's what he goes by. Uh, and he's got a YouTube channel. And I'll link his video in the description down below. And you can see his explanation of the Lutheran Rosary. And what he explains in the video is not the beads, not the you know whatever. He explains he explains in detail like the devotional. So basically what he does is, is he says, well, let's take, the, let's take the Roman Catholic rosary. Let's take out all the parts that are sinful, uh, all the parts where they're, you know, they're honoring Mary in a way that she should not be honored, but God alone should be honored. Let's take out all of those parts and let's try to preserve as much as possible about the Roman Catholic rosary so we can physically use the same object. So if somebody's a convert for Roman Catholicism, they can, they can continue to keep their rosaries um, uh, and they can do a Lutheran thing with the rosary, whereas in the past they would do a Roman Catholic thing. And again, we would argue that some of these things were were sinful. Um, uh, so in the video, um, he, he, talk, he basically goes through this devotional and he lays it out. And I don't really have a problem with the devotional. Um, he talks about the mysteries. So I'll, I'll put an overlay on the screen and I'll cover up my face. I'll put an overlay on the screen. Um, where he talks about these things called the mysteries. And, and when he's talking about them, I'm like, what was he talking about the mysteries? Because that's not, I mean, as a Lutheran, that's not a phrase that I use. I don't refer to these things as mysteries usually. Uh, you know, Eastern Orthodox, they love the word mysteries. They often use it because that's, you know, the mysterion is the closest we have to the word sacrament in the Bible is, is the word for mystery. Eastern Orthodox pick up on that right away. Them Greek speakers that they are. So he talks about these things. So, he, so here on the screen, he's got these things. It's called the, uh, the Mysteries of the Lutheran Rosary. Now, again, I went through the mysteries of the Roman Catholic one. Most of them are the same. Some of them are different. If you want to think about it like Bible stories, just the Bible stories of the Lutheran Rosary, that's fine. Just So you look at this list. He's got the joyful mysteries, the luminous mysteries, sorrowful mysteries, the glorious mysteries, and, and then kind of on different days, the idea is that on different days you meditate. So Monday and Saturday you meditate on these specific Bible stories, the Annunciation, Visitation, Nativity, Presentation, and the Finding of Jesus at the Temple. F fair enough. You know, you could distill your week, you know, you could distill a lot of the important Bible stories in uh, in the Bible down to a handful of them and, and meditate on specific Bible stories every single week if you wanted to. You could meditate on the crucifixion every single Friday, and that would be great. You know, <laughs> you could meditate on on, uh, on the resurrection every Sunday, and that would be great. Um, so if this, is a, if this is a practice that is helpful to you and you want to kind of structure your devotional uh, life in such a way that, that you know, you have uh, repetitions of these of these Bible stories, so you really get to, to chew on them and digest them, um, then that's fantastic. Luther often talked about, you know, there's a ratio, meditatio, tentatio, this sort of this sort of thing where, um, uh, well, I got the order right. So you meditate, you meditate on on a text, uh, and then you pray about the text, and then uh, and then you go through kind of tribulation, and then that leads you back to prayer, and that leads you back to meditating on scripture and stuff like that. And another time, he talks about meditating on the text of scripture like a cow chewing cud. You know, he just keeps vomiting up the text of scripture again and chewing it again, again and again and again to get as much nutrition out of this this portion of scripture as possible. Another time, I believe he talks about it like like you take an, an herb, a leaf, or whatever, um, and, and you pinch it between your fingers and you rub it, and it releases this this wonderful aroma, and you just keep doing that until you've gotten every last 
ounce, every last particle of aroma out of that herb. And in the same way, you can study scripture and just like really, really, really dive into a verse or set of verses um, or a chapter or a theme or whatever, and just really continue to go over it again and again and again and again, and really incorporate that in, into your life. And that's fantastic. It's a wonderful way to, wonderful way to study. And it's not just kind of, it's not the vain repetition thing. It's, it's focus and concentration on a singular, on a singular text, on a singular event or whatever in the Bible. So the fact that you have a devotional that repeats the same the same stories every week, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing. And obviously, you know, you should be reading the whole Bible, but at the same time, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt you to be extremely familiar with some very important stories, or in this case, is, you know, as, as they were being called, mysteries. So that was the first overlay, is, is the mysteries of the Lutheran Rosary. So these are, this is kind of his, his, his um, organization of, you know, focus on these different Bible stories in these different days. Fair enough. Now, he's got this other page. I'm going to put this up in an overlay. And this is How to Pray the Lutheran Rosary. He doesn't get so much into this in his video. There's another video um, by uh, Jay Coops, uh, a.k.a. Dr. Jordan B. Cooper. Um, you know, we're close like that, Jay Coops and I. Um, and, and this is talking about actually how to, use, how to use the beads and stuff. And you'll see on this diagram that, that it's very similar to the Roman Catholic thing, and this is by design, is that, again, uh, Logan wanted to keep as much of the Roman Catholic design as possible so people could continue to use their Roman Catholic physical rosaries, but they could do it in such a way that they aren't doing um, vain repetitions and they aren't doing, and they aren't doing you know, prayers, prayers to Mary and stuff like that. So very similar, some significant changes. Um, I'll, I'll just go through. So on the, on the left, on the left side, he's got kind of, you know, so for example, the sign of the cross, the name of the father, son, and the Holy spirit. Amen. And this is, you know, what you say, it's got the apostles creed, the, our father, the Jesus prayer, which is Lord Jesus, son of Lord Jesus Christ, son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Uh, and then, and then he's numbered, he's numbered the different beads and you're supposed to kind of, the idea being that you go through the different beads and, you know, each, each bead corresponds to a step in the list. And so how to pray the Lutheran rosary. So each bead corresponds to a step in the devotion that you're doing, for example. So first make the sign of the cross, pray the apostles creed. Second, pray the glory be, then they are father. Third, pray, pray Jesus prayers. Four, pray, uh, morning and evening prayers. Uh, fifth, announce the first mystery. So again, go over the first Bible story, um, uh, and then then pray the glory be, then the Our Father. So so far, I don't really have too much of a problem. Um, for for number three, why are we praying the Jesus prayer three times? It doesn't okay. You, I mean, okay, I'll get back to that in a moment. Uh, fifth, announce the first mystery for the glory. Okay, uh, six, pray ten Jesus prayers while meditating on the first mystery. So this is where it gets complicated, because in, in the Roman Catholic practice, let me see what I have for six. In the Roman Catholic practice, they say pray ten Hail Marys. Well, how do Lutherans deal with this? One, there's the vain repetition of like, I'm going to pray, because you're directed in, in Roman Catholicism, uh, whether it's for penance, you know, uh, you know, Father, I could, forgive me, I have sinned. It's been you know a million years since my last confession. I punched a kitten in the face. And, you know, the priest says, well, you know, I forgive you so long as, you know, you have, you have to pay, pray, you know, 100 Hail Marys and, and 642 Our Fathers or whatever, and then, you know, go in peace. Uh, and then the idea being that for the restitution, um, the reconciliation portion of the Confession and Absolution for the Roman Catholics, they have to pray a specific set amount of prayers. So for them, it is very important to have a specific set amount of prayers and you and, and counting those prayers. So if you're praying a hundred, you know, our fathers, if you're praying a hundred times the Lord's Prayer, being able to kind of count through as you go through, being able to count through how many of these, how many iterations, how many decades, you know, I prayed it ten times, let me go another bead or whatever. 
being able to count through how many times you've gone through it is extremely important because you'll lose your count if you're trying to make the same prayer a hundred times. Like, did I pray it 97 times? Did I, you know, did I pray it five times? Did I pray it six? Are you feeling lucky punk? Like it's extremely important that you pray the right number of prayers for them because that's part of the, that's part of the reconciliation process, part of the essential kind of legalistic process of you achieving your, uh, your restitution is that you have to pray a certain number of times. You have to pray a certain prayer or a certain, you know, whatever, a certain number of times. It, it has to be a certain number of times. That's why they have to count it, because you'd lose count otherwise. Now, in the military, we do this thing. It's called a pace count. The idea behind a pace count is uh, a pace is when you take a left a left step and then a right step or whatever. You know, you take two steps, one with each foot. That is one pace. So if you want to walk 100 paces, then you take a step with your left foot and then your right and your left and your right and your left and right, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you go 100 paces in, in that direction. And then you can equate how many paces it is to 100 meters. For example, for me, it's like 67 or whatever paces per, per 100 meters. Let's just say 70. Let's say 70 paces for 100 meters. So if I need to walk 300 meters in that direction, I am counting my paces as I'm walking silently. Every time my left foot touches the ground, I say one, two, three, and I, and I, and I count through it. And as I go 100, 100 meters, I've got a little, it's usually like 550 cord with some beads on it. Again, not like a rosary, but beads what, uh, on a piece of string. So yeah, kind of like a rosary. And I've got it on my, on my, my backpack or whatever. And every time I go 100, 100 meters, uh, 70 paces, I move a bead up. So I move it up the string. So then I don't lose count because every time I go up, I'm kind of going through the bees. That's 100, another 100 meters. And if I ever lose track of where I am, I look down and say, okay, I've been going, you know, I've gone 400 meters and I've got, you know, 300 meters to go or whatever. And I'm keeping track with the beads. Again, similar thing in the uh, keeping track of how many prayers you have. The question I have is why as a Lutheran would you do this? Now, there are prayers, there is a benefit to using prayers for the sake of concentration. So one prayer that I use a lot of times when I'm just really stressed out and my mind is wandering all over the place and it's just and it's just chaotic and distracted is I might just go through the Lord's Prayer as many times as many times as I can. I might just go, Kyrie eleison, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy. But for me, it's not a set number of times. Like there's, the benefit doesn't come from doing it 10 times. The benefit doesn't come from doing it exactly three times. The benefit comes from me doing it again and again and again and again until I've regained my focus and composure. It's like, you know, you know, if, if you're angry, just hold your breath and breathe slowly and then, and then count and maybe count until you're not angry anymore. Maybe if, you know, count to 10 doesn't work because you're still angry, you need to count to 12. So in the case of repeating prayers, it's not vain repetition of prayers to just repeat prayers to kind of focus yourself and center yourself and say, look, I'm repeating God's word. I'm re- you could do it with a psalm. You know, you, re- you could do it with a creed. You're repeating God's word. You're repeating, you know, a confession of your faith to kind of, to gain focus, to meditate on what you are saying. You know, our Father who art in heaven. And as you're going through it, you're meditating on what you're saying in the prayer. Or maybe you are so distracted that you just need a Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, until, until all this distraction is removed and you're focusing on this monotonous repetition of prayer. The idea being, it is not a vain repetition of prayer. You're not trying to get a certain number of prayer counts. You're try, not trying to get to 10 or 100 or 400 or whatever prayer counts. You're doing it because you're intentionally trying to focus, in which case you should do it as many times as you need to do, not a set number of times. So my problem here is prescribing a set number of times. For the Roman Catholics, it makes sense because that's part of their penance. For the Lutherans, why? Why is it 10 times? Why is it three times? So in this case, 
you're supposed to meditate. So with each of these big beads, I think, uh, if I get this right, you're supposed to meditate on one of the mysteries. So you're meditating on a Bible story, but while you're trying to meditate on the Bible story, you're also supposed to be repeating this Jesus prayer over and over and over again. And every time you repeat it, of course, you go up another bead or you go up another knot or whatever, and, and you have to repeat it 10 times for every meditation. So at the same time that you're trying to focus on a Bible story, you're also counting the beads with your thumb, and then you're also repeating a prayer, so, which for me, if I'm repeating something out loud, it, it it distracts me from what I'm trying to focus on. Um, what I would offer as an alternative is, is let's say you want to meditate on these Bible stories every day. How about instead of repeating something and doing something that might distract you from it, read the story. <laughs> Print it out on a card if you have to, an index card. Say, okay, what's today? Today's, you know, Wednesday. What does Wednesday have? Uh, you know, the, the mystery of, uh, I don't know, the Annunciation or whatever. So you have it printed on, uh, if you don't want to open up your Bible, have it printed out on a card. Okay, so I'm going to focus on this text. I'm going to read it with my eyes, and you know what? I'm going to read it out loud with my mouth too, and my ears are going to hear me reading it out loud. So all three things I'm doing are, are, contributing, are contributing to me focusing on the text, being singularly focused on the text, removing these distractions, as opposed to trying to multitask and just kind of repeating a prayer that means nothing to you because you're trying to focus also on a story, but you're also trying to count the beads as you're going through. Like, it's the exact opposite of what you want to be doing if you want to be focusing on, on the text, right? And, and this is a good thing to focus on, focus on the scripture. I don't see the benefit in, in the, what really it is a vain repetition of prayer. Like I have to say this 10 times. Why? Because I have 10 beads. Because I have a Roman Catholic, you know, <laughs> Roman Catholic prayer. Uh, uh, what am I forgetting? Roman Catholic rosary. Uh, Roman Catholic, I was going to say um, prayer knots or whatever. Because I have a, because there's 10 beads on there, I have to say it 10 times. Why? Why 10 times? Why? Just because there's 10 beads on there. Well, I don't want to have to get a new rosary and I want my, my devotion to be compatible with, you know, a, you know, a USB, a universally compatible uh, with every rosary, a, a universally, a universal serial rosary, USR. Um, <laughs> like, like why though? You're trying too hard to maintain this thing that has been used for vain repetition and for praying to Mary. You're trying too hard to maintain this thing because, well, it's traditional. Well, yeah, it's tra it, was, it was traditionally used in a bad way, in a way that was not appropriate for prayer or for focusing on the scriptures. Why do you want to maintain it so badly? Because it's old? <laughs> like, that's, that should not be your reason. Oh, I don't want to do it because a lot of people have done it before me. Whoop-dee-doo! <laughs> like, you should not care that much. The reason you should want to do something, you should be intentional about everything you do. Yes, why did they do it? Why did people do it for, for, for a long time? Again, Jay Coop says this video out there. He talks about, in this video, uh, he barely has a beard and he's much younger. Um, and, and he talks about, he says, this, this, this practice originated in the 6th or 7th or century and it was originally to keep track of which psalms the monks were praying on, where they are. So it wasn't repetition. It wasn't the monks saying, well, I have to say 100 Hail Marys. Let me count these off. It was the monks saying, look, you know, I prayed Psalm 1. Okay, next bead. Let's pray Psalm 2. Okay, next bead. Let's pray Psalm 3. So what they were doing is they were using the beads to count through an organized list. It wasn't, well, I have 10 beads, I'm going to say the same thing 10 times. It wasn't that at all. So, and then of course, Jay Coops in the video, he talks about that this is, um, you know, he, for med he mentions meditation multiple times, which again, you know, meditation, it's not a bad thing. Meditation, uh, if you meditate on the right things, like clearing your mind, mindfulness exercise, like clearing your mind, nah, that's not biblical. But meditating on God's word absolutely is biblical. But he says, you know, he says that it's a benefit multiple times. But he never really explains, I mean, aside from like losing your place when you're trying to pray through the Psalms, 
never really explains specifically why it's a benefit. He says, you know, this is helpful for me or this is helpful for other Christians. Like, why? Why, though? <laughs> like, you can just say, well, it's beneficial. Okay, well, it's a hadiaphora, so how can you say don't do it? Well, I mean, okay, you can say playing a kazoo, playing the hymns with a kazoo is a hadiaphora, too, so go do it, right? No, like, there's... Be intentional about what you're doing in your prayer life, in your, in your Bible study life. So, as I was drilling through this, I came to kind of three specific, and I was trying, I was legitimately trying as hard as I could to find three specific reasons why using the prayer beads is beneficial. Now, imagine, for example, you had Logan's stuff, and you had it, like, printed out on a poster on the wall, and, and, and you had, you know, these are, you know, on Monday, I'm going to meditate on, uh, on the, you know, the miracle of the Annunciation, or, you know, whatever. And you have this printed out on the wall. You've got you've got the Lord's Prayer printed out on the wall. You've got the Apostles' Creed printed out on the wall. Things like that. So it kind of directs your study, directs your... Or you've got it in a hymnal. Imagine having a hymnal where, you know, you could just go through... Or a treasury of daily prayer where you could just go through a service. So you've got that text. You've got that guidance already. So you don't lose your place. So you're like, okay, I just did the Lord's Prayer. Let's do the Apostles' Creed. Or let's do you know, the Old Testament reading, let's do the gospel reading. And you, you know, and you can reference this. It's like a list or a card or a poster or anything like that. If you already have that, what benefit, what additional specific benefit do the beads have? What benefit do they have? And I came up with three examples and I have been racking my brain trying to find more. So the three examples that I came up with are this one. First, keeping account of something you're repeating a set number of times. So if you're repeating the Lord's Prayer 100 times and you do 10 times per bead, uh, okay, like a, a pace count. That's what that is. That's literally all it is. It's a pace count. And, you know, you can do this in different ways. You can make cash marks. You can, put, move, you can have rocks in your pocket, move, grab one rock from one pocket to another. That's another way to do it. There's a million different ways. Um, you know, you can count on your fingers. Some people count on their knuckles for whatever reason. Whatever. So yeah, keeping track of how many times you repeat the same thing. The question you have to ask yourself is, why am I trying to repeat this a set number of times? As a Christian, why am I, why am I trying to do this? Am I, am I transgressing into the area of vain repetition? Is there a specific reason beyond I have 10 beads why I should be saying this prayer 10 times? Question you might want to ask yourself. Okay, so that's the first reason, keeping count of uh, repetition. The second benefit that I see to having these beads is two, keeping count of where you are in a sequence of similarly numbered things. So like the Psalms, if you're like, oh, I did Psalm 1, move the bead, I'm on Psalm 2. And, you know, and then somebody comes in and distracts you in your monastery and you're like, where was I? I was, oh, oh, I did, you know, I've got three Psalms that I did so far, so it must be on Psalm 4. Fantastic. If you're keeping track of something in a sequence and the beads, and the bead, like the count of beads, for example, I've gone through three beads, that means I've done three Psalms. That's fantastic. But if you're like, well, this bead is going to be for the first commandment and then the second commandment and the third commandment and then the first petition of the Lord's Prayer and then the, the second petition, and you're just desperately trying to find ways that you can, like, what things have no, are broken up into numbers that I can, like, assign to the beads? And then you have to, cons you know, you, 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 maybe you have it memorized. Maybe you've got a great memory, unlike me. And you have to consult a manual like, well, okay, so bead number 18 corresponds to, let's see, 18, which would be the third petition of the Lord's Prayer, which is, like, you're just making things more complicated. If it's just like, okay, I'm on Psalm 3, or I've prayed, or I've, I've sung three, three hymns today. Maybe you're sing, you want to sing five hymns a day, and you're counting off your hymns or something like that. Like, okay. Like, if it's just trying to, like, keep track of where you are in a list, again, I, I could see that as a benefit. But I also see it as a detriment to, like, making things more complicated than they have to be. The third use, the third use that I see, um, and you may call this disparaging, but fidget spinner, right? The idea being that if you occupy your hands 
that you can concentrate better. Now, if you think the fidget, a fidget bleh, excuse me, if you think the fidget spinner example is a bad example, consider also folded hands. That's the same thing. I have little kids. They like to fidget. They like to pinch each other and poke each other and just flick each other and all these things. And they are less inclined to do that if their hands are occupied. Now, if occupying your hands by folding your hands is the same thing as occupying your hands by playing with a fidget spinner or fidget bubbles or fidget clicker or all these other you know fidget devices that you're clicking a pen. If that if that's actually accomplishing that purpose, then okay, that that's a benefit. Like there are some people who they just they just need something to mess with, like a, an object to hold on to, and if they occupy their physical senses with this object, it helps them to better focus mentally on you know what they're praying or the Bible, you know Bible verse or the creed or whatever that they're saying. That's a great benefit. Fantastic. Uh, and, and I mean, again, if if you benefit from from holding onto a bead or from going through beads and like by that physical movement, okay. Like I can definitely see that as a benefit. So those are the three benefits that I was able to kind of figure out. One, if you're if you're counting a set number of repetitions. Two, if you're going through a list of things and you want to remember what number of the list you're on. And three, if it's just a physical thing to occupy your physical senses, like your hands, so you can focus on, on, on your prayer. That being said, those are the only benefits that I could really come up with. If you have more, put them in the comment section below, but please don't just say, well, you know, some people benefit from it. Like that doesn't help anybody. Like specifically, tell me what specific benefit does having these beads, having this, this number of beads, what, what, what benefit does it have? Now for me, you hand me a crucifix. And it's got all these beads and it's got all these knots and everything like that. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, all right. Okay, so the first one, I think that, so, that, so that's the sign of the cross. Okay, that, I remember that. Um, I think I do the Lord's Prayer for this, or the, the first three are the Lord. Uh, no, the Apostles' Creed is a big one. And let me see, the first three are the Lord's Prayer three times. The next one is the, oh, I don't remember, where's my list? Um, so, and then I'm, it's so, and, and I'm spending so, I mean, for me, maybe, you know, you do it so often that you're like, I know what every single one of these beads means. Like, congratulations. Could you have memorized that? Like, could you have been like, all right, I need to say the Lord's prayer, apostles creed, uh, cross myself, say the Luther's Luther's prayer, and then, you know, go to sleep joyfully or whatever. Remember, remembering my baptism, like adding another element, this, 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 for me, this adds another element. This is saying, okay, not only do I have to remember to do all these things, but I also have to associate every single one of these tasks with, with unnumbered beads or knots or whatever. So I could see that as a detriment to other people as well. It's like, well, I want, I want to use, you know, I want to use a Lutheran prayer, prayer beads. Will this help me? Or a Lutheran rosary, will this help me? Maybe not. <laughs> this might just add a layer of complication to it. Um, other negative things and people are like, well, you know, yeah, I see in movies people who have beads, and, and, and you know, I just want to be like those people, you know, that I see in movies and, and, and depicted in art, and I want to be, you know, the Templar, the the the, the rad trad Chad, uh, like I want to be that guy. Like, but then at that point you're getting so hung up on, you know, you're getting so much fixation on on looking looking like what you believe a pious traditional Christian should look like. And a pious traditional Christian has prayer beads. And who cares what benefit they have? It's all about the look. At that point, it's just a fashion sense. And you're elevating this, this concept of fashion, not function, but a fashion above like where it should be, right? So that's another detriment that I can see. Another detriment that I could see is falling into the same error that many, many Roman Catholics have fallen into. is taking it and saying, this is, it's a good luck charm. You know, when I'm scared, I grab my crucifix 
and you know, and I go out and I and I see what may what what noise what goes bump in the night or whatever. You know, like I am protected because I have my magic my magic lucky charm. And this is a temptation with any sort of object. I mean, people can get too fixated, too hung up on, on physical objects. That temptation is constantly there. And in such a case, so this one in particular, this, uh, let me see, where is it? I got a note. This one says, this was blessed by the clergy of, and then it's got a Roman Catholic church. So in, in this case, in the Roman Catholic case, these physical objects are being blessed. Now there's issues with blessing these physical, physical objects. I'm looking at you, LSB agenda, blessing of the bells, blessing of the organ. Um, is blessing these physical objects as, as though they contain a blessing that as long as, I mean, it's not the Ark of the Covenant where God was residing on the mercy seat. It's, it's physical objects that you're carrying around. You're like, okay, this, this, this scalpula, scalpula, scalpular, <laughs> the scalpula, this, this miraculous medallion, this blessed rosary, this holy water, this, you know, and the Roman Catholics, this, um, uh, what do they call it? This relic. This bone of the saint, this nail from the cross, this feather from the Holy Spirit, this you know, the egg from the Holy Spirit. Like the Roman Catholics have this long history of, of, of taking objects and turning them into and turning them into good luck charms. This is not a good thing. So people are prone to doing this. They want physical, tangible things to remind well, not to remind them that they feel have have specific, I don't know, protective power of some sort, you know, un undefined miraculous power. Now you have those things in the sacraments. Baptism is a physical thing that you can remember. You don't carry your holy water around with you. It's, it's, it was placed on you and your baptism remains. The Lord's Supper is something where you tangibly eat and drink the body and blood of Christ, and that's a wonderful thing. But don't, again, don't carry it around with you as if it's some you know, good luck charm that's going to ward away the evil eye or whatever. So that's, that's a temptation that you have to understand that a lot of people are going to immediately fall into once they start carrying around these holy beads. Right? It's going to become a good luck charm for a lot of people. Is that benefit, does, is that detriment, does that outweigh the possible benefit of you know, the three benefits that I listed? The detriment versus the benefit? I would be very wary to tell somebody to start using prayer beads. I would, there would have to be a very specific example where I'd say, like, for you, this might be a benefit. For most people, it's going to be a distraction. Now, that leads to a, a, another detriment. You're trying to focus on, on, on these Bible stories, right? These mysteries. As you're trying to focus, you're counting through the beads. As you're trying to focus, you're repeating the same prayer over and over and over and over and over again. You don't think that might be a little distracting? You're trying to focus on the text, and you've divided your you've divided your focus between three different things: between the physical movement, between the repetition of prayer, and between trying to remember what happened. Are you actually meditating on the mystery, or are you saying, "Okay, now I'm going to meditate meditate on mystery X"? Repetition of prayer, repetition of prayer, repetition of prayer times 10, you know, whatever. Like you say this 53 times or, or, or however many times, like that, that ends up, I struggle to see how that benefits a person in, in focusing. Again, you can do things. I listen to music when I write the sermon or I listen to music sometimes when I'm reading. Sometimes adding things does help remove you from being distracted. But if you're trying to think about a story and at the same time, you're trying to say words that are not necessarily related to this story. That you know, as you're pulling your brain, the language center of your brain in two different directions at once. Um, so yeah, by and large, like I'm, I'm sorry, fam, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not convinced about this Lutheran prayer beads. And you can slap a Luther seal on it, uh, and you can say, well, it's a Lutheran cross, and it was blessed by Lutheran clergy, and and we actually we don't say the Hail Mary, so it's okay, like. The problem is you're going to fall into the same error as the Roman Catholics did, even if you don't say the same prayers that they did. 
you're going to fall into the same sort of vain repetition thing. You're going to fall into the same good luck charm thing. You're going to fall into the same thing about, okay, it's just a fidget spinner that I, that I mess with that it makes me... You're going to fall into the same era of, well, it just makes me look holy. It may, it's, it's a pious. It has ancient tradition. Therefore, it's old. Therefore, it's good. Therefore, it's pious. You're going to fall into that same sort of idolatry of these physical accoutrements that you can wear or hold or fidget with or, or play with or whatever. All the same dangers are there. They're not removed just because you slapped a Luther seal on a Roman Catholic rosary. That doesn't that doesn't get rid of all of the all of the difficulties. You got way more invested in these errors than just okay, well, we'll just not say the Hail Mary and instead we'll repeat a different prayer 10 times. Like I don't know. Like I said, I'd like to pick a fight. So here's the first here's the first swing. If you'd like to respond to that, you know, make a video, leave a comment, whatever, but be specific. Don't just say, oh, well, it could help somebody somewhere somehow and it's adiaphora. Like, I could, again, maybe some people really like kazoo music and it's adiaphora, what kind of instrument you play in, in worship service, unless you're Presbyterian, in which case it's a regulative principle and you don't play any instruments. But it's adiaphora, so I'm going to play a kazoo and, uh, you know, and I'm going to play this hymn by a kazoo and sure, it'll distract everybody and maybe it's not the most reverent and, you know, whatever. But it might help somebody, therefore we should encourage doing it. I don't know. Like... I listed the three benefits I could find. Are there more? Am I, am, am I missing something? What specifically is the benefit of having this, this crucifix with multiple beads and, 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 you know, that you can count? Like, what is the specific benefit that you get from this that you cannot get from, for example, a printed out poster of prayers or an order of service or a hymnal or a flash, a, a set of flashcards or you could have an icon or an image or something where you look at and you're like, okay, look, it's a picture of, um, it's, what do I, I got a picture of, uh, Jesus in the boat with his disciples or whatever. I look at that. I'm like, okay, now I can, I can, I can look at a picture and remember, I can look at an image and remember the story that, that's behind the image. Oh, here's a picture of Daniel in the lion's den. I'm going to, you know, meditate on the story of Daniel in the lion's den and, you know, God's, God's sovereignty and all this other stuff. What benefits do the bead, do the beads have that those don't have? This is what I'm asking. Why? Why do you want a Lutheran rosary? Do you need it? What is the purpose of it? Is there a benefit or detriment? Does this make praying easier or more complicated? Does this make you more focused or more distracted? And why? Please be specific if you want to try to answer these questions. Be specific. Don't just say someone somewhere benefits from it, or it's old, so therefore we have to do it, or here's an example of another Lutheran who's done it, therefore it's a pious thing for me to do too. Like, <laughs> that doesn't fly for Lutheranism. You can't just be like, here's a picture of, I don't know, Melanchthon with a bunch of prayer beads. Therefore, you know, <laughs> you should, Lutherans should use it too. Why? Be intentional. Be intentional about your worship life. Be intentional about your prayer life. Bunch of things to consider. And actually, as, as long as this, uh, as long as this episode, this YouTube episode has been, I may as well just make it a podcast episode as well. Two birds with one stone. There we go. Two birds with one bead of the rosary. Um, with that, again, I would like to encourage you, read the Bible. Get really familiar with these really important stories in the Bible. If you Find a devotion to go through. I use the Treasury of Daily Prayer. I like it. It doesn't have a whole lot of repetition in it, but, you know, I like the Treasury of Daily Prayer. It's, it's useful. I pray the Lord's Prayer every day. You can pray the Lord's Prayer every day, too. The Creed every day is, is good, too. Luther's morning and evening prayer. Come up with your own prayers. A million different ways to skin the cat. But in terms of, in terms of the, the, the Lutheran Rosary thing, like, sorry, fam, just... Not convinced. Please, you say if you say, "Oh, well, you don't understand it, you don't get it." Okay, fantastic. This is my invitation to you. Come on, 
<laughs> Come on, Suno, take my hand. Explain it to me. Explain it to me why this is a good thing. Now me, I've got my my crucifix here. I got it off of Amazon, but I'm using a um I'm using a dog tag chain, and, and, and the dog tag chains. Each one of these is a little bead, so I'm gonna say that my <laughs> my Lutheran rosary is more, and it's just all beads of the same of the same thing. So each bead stands for I don't know. Uh, 10 chapters in the Bible. So with, with each bead, I have to read 10 chapters in the Bible. Uh, and then I just keep going around and around and around. So I've got a super Lutheran rosary that's, that's, that's ultra, ultra Lutheran. So you're going to have to compete with that if you want to tell me why the Roman Catholic rosary with a Luther seal is better. So with that, I hope, I hope this encouraged you to think about the issue. And if you've got some answers, then that's fantastic. I am, I am encouraging discussion and dialogue. And if you want to be mean-spirited about it, by all means, I can take a hit. <laughs> I think it's fun to have, to have a clash of, uh, uh, a, a conflict of, I don't know, this isn't, this isn't like, a, like a heaven or hell issue. But this is something that we can absolutely discuss and argue about. This is a gamuklakite issue. So by all means... Get fired up. Get passionate about why you love your Lutheran rosary so much. And then get specific because in so doing, you are thinking about what God commands and what God promises. God's word. The death of Christ and his resurrection for the forgiveness of your sins and for the promise of eternal life. And this is just one way that we get to trick ourselves into studying God's word a little bit more and rejoicing in God's gifts. So with that... I hope you have a wonderful day. God bless you and take care.